This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Now, RB, what are you talking about? U.S. politics calming down. That's my bread and butter. What am I going to talk about if U.S. politics calms down? Not only do we have a shit ton of U.S. politics to talk about... We got some crazy fucking stories to talk about tonight. For some reason, we're going to be talking about Batman going down on Catwoman. It happened. And apparently DC didn't like it. Oh, you can see that I'm wearing my Pink Floyd shirt. Now, when I mentioned uh, Roger Waters last night on the show, I did not know about all the drama going on with Roger Waters, Jimmy Dore, and Anna Gasparian of the Young Turks. So I'm going to give my opinion on that whole matter, plus give you the the lowdown on what I think about Pink Floyd. Despite the fact that I'm wearing a Pink Floyd shirt, it might not be what you think. Despite the fact that I paid more money than any other fucking ticket I've ever bought in my life to see Roger Waters on tour, I might not have the opinion of Pink Floyd that you think I have. We're going to hear from a North Korean defector who attended Ivy Ivy League school here in the U.S. And she thinks colleges have gone crazy with their woke cancel culture. Of course, it was a Fox News interview. An Alabama Republican was asked to explain critical race theory. I'm sure you guys know what happened. Oh, a comedian has been mocking the Texas power grid. Media winch. You, you've got, you've got to see her video. It is hilarious. Uh, plus, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin gave an interview about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. We're going to delve into that. We've got a road rage incident with a cop where he pulled a gun. He, pulled, he wasn't even on duty. He pulled a gun on somebody just because he had some road rage. That cop is not around anymore. Plus, 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 we're going to watch video that proves definitively that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was full of bat shit. <laughs> now, starting off tonight, now, this is... Ron DeSantis did this stupid-ass press conference yesterday with a bunch of rabbis. That's my freaking news tomorrow. If you don't subscribe to my YouTube, I highly encourage it. The link is down in the description. YouTube.com forward slash Justin Freakin. You can catch the freaking news every morning at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 8 a.m. Eastern. I'm sorry. I'm used to plugging the Troll Patrol. I'm I'm not up at fucking 8 a.m. Eastern. What the fuck? I schedule that shit the night before. I'm not up doing the news. Like, it, it's already scheduled. I've already done tomorrow's news. It's about Ron DeSantis and his stupid-ass press conference he did with Jewish rabbis yesterday. I highly encourage you to subscribe to YouTube to check out the freaking news every morning. But here on the Troll Patrol, we're going to start off talking about the coronavirus as we have crossed a grim threshold. 
We the the whole email thing that oh god, I've been having arguments with people on YouTube about the fucking emails. I want someone to present me an email that proves Fauci lied. There are some things that require some context. More than six hundred thousand people have died of COVID nineteen in the United States as of today. A stark reminder of the vast human cost of the pandemic, even amid a robust national vaccination campaign that has helped slow the coronavirus spread. The grim milestone comes as the government is straining to convince more people to get the shot. More than 144 million people, or about 43% of the country, are fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. (laughs) <laughs> gonna, I'm going. I'm so gonna give you some opinions on Pink. Now, obviously, I'm a Pink Floyd fan, but that that also, like the Fauci emails, it requires some context. I I I am very upset about the exploitive nature. Okay, so there was a right winger on YouTube. I think it was a right winger. I don't remember whose video it was. It said like. Pink Floyd destroys the Young Turks. And I said, the only thing Pink Floyd has ever destroyed was the mental health of Sid Barrett. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. The grim milestone comes as the government is straining to convince more people to get the shot. More than half of the U.S. population has received at least one dose of the vaccine, but daily vaccinations have slowed considerably. At the peak of the rollout, the U.S. was vaccinating upward of 3 million people per day. That number has now dipped to just over 1 million doses administered daily. Another report, this one coming to us from NBC. They said virtually all hospitalized COVID patients have one thing in common. They are unvaccinated. There are only three COVID-19 patients at Sandra Atlas uh, Bass Heart Hospital. That's a fucking mouthful. At North Shore University Hospital on Long Island, a far cry from when the hospital, which is part of Northwell Health, had as many as 600 patients during the peak of the pandemic. All three patients who are in the intensive care unit have one thing in common— They're unvaccinated. The trend appears to be occurring at hospitals nationwide. Doctor was quoted as saying, I haven't had anyone that's been fully vaccinated become critically ill. Very important point. Now, vaccination rates follow a trend line that shouldn't be surprising to anyone. States that voted for Biden, I'm, there we go, have a higher rate of vaccination than states that voted for Trump. As you can see, the only blue bubbles over here were swing states. Purplish states, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia. Now, in the last couple of hours, there has been a lift of the COVID restrictions across New York. 
If we can get the video to play here. After more than a year of restrictions, months as the COVID epicenter, and weeks waiting for that vaccinated vaccination threshold, finally a long-awaited. Oh, oh, oh! One thing I do want to blog. We're going to talk about the Fox News reporter who went rogue. I forgot. I forgot to plug that one. That is crazy. We're going to watch that live news report. State. The state mandates that have proven right and correct and brought us through this pandemic are relaxed. I am not high enough to look at Andrew fucking Cuomo's goddamn mug. I'm David Navarro. The governor's announcement was met with a chorus of cheers at One World Trade today. And tonight, it will be marked by... Last time I saw Dave Navarro, he was playing guitar for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, it was Jane's Addiction after the Chili Peppers. ...lingering restrictions from social distancing to capacity limits in businesses to... I didn't know he was a news anchor now. Eyewitness News reporter Kimberly Richardson is live in Lower Manhattan with the details. Kim. Well, Liz, at 9.15... What up, Kim? Over New York Harbor will be the backdrop for that firework extravaganza. Governor oh, we're going to talk about the Texas power grid later on in the show. Mario's 89th oh, boy. Boy, do I have a hilarious video you're going to want to see about the Texas power grid. A comedian catfished. I, everyone, I guess. Like, she pretended to be a part of the ERCOT administration. Hold on, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, let's go back and find out. It's in business. Kim, take it away for us. Disinfecting surfaces. Eyewitness News reporter Kimberly Richardson is live in Lower Manhattan with the Kimberly, I'm sorry. Well, Liz, at 9.15 tonight, the skies here over New York Harbor will be the backdrop for that firework extravaganza. Governor Cuomo's big announcement falls on what would have been his father Mario's 89th birthday. And while this is a moment to celebrate, the governor stresses overall recovery from the pandemic will not be automatic, will be tough. Oh, good Lord, we're going to talk about that, too has done is extraordinary. Mario Cuomo would have been 89 today. Calling it a momentous day, Governor Cuomo officially announced he was lifting all COVID-related restrictions here. No, I'm I'm open, like, I'm as anti-authority as they come. I am, do I think authority figures lie to us? Yes. Am I skeptical of any claims coming from any government source? Yes. But have I seen anything in Fauci's emails to raise alarms? No. And and the few that they point to can be explained with like the fucking the mask thing in 2020. We we did not know about asymptomatic spread. We did not know how airborne it was. The other one where the dude brought up the lab leak hypothesis. He was part of the team a couple months later that issued the report that said it was zoonotic. Like every everything in the emails can be explained away with context. So I I I'm, but I'm open. If a right winger can come on here and give me proof that Fauci lied, I'm. And it doesn't have to be a right winger. Not it doesn't. I'm, I'm but I'm challenging the people who are making those claims to actually put up or shut up. Give me evidence. I would love to talk to Sagar and Jetty. Let me loose with him. 
based in New York. Experts had all along said that would happen when the vaccination rate hit 70% and overall it now has. Effective immediately, restrictions are gone when it comes to a long list of places, including sports and recreation, childcare, camps, offices, malls, and movie theaters. It's a testament to the people of the Testify, brother. That is who did this. People who stayed tough and smart and united during the most difficult challenge of our lives. Today, the governor... I still think Governor Cuomo should resign immediately. He should also be investigated, and hopefully that is underway. Another thing the CDC will be investigating is the link between heart inflammation and the COVID-19 vaccine. findings um, for Pfizer-BioNTech vaccination in 12 to 15-year-olds from V-Safe and VAERS surveillance are consistent with the results from pre-authorization clinical trials. Analysis of VAERS preliminary reports of myocarditis and pericarditis is in progress, including follow-up to obtain medical records to complete reviews to apply the working case definition to adjudicate cases. That is a whole bunch of jargon. Let's see if we can get down to the bottom of it. Males under 30 may face heart problems after getting vaccinated. Myocarditis and pericarditis share the same symptoms. Treatment for myocarditis can be solved with over-the-counter medication or resolve itself. So, not a huge issue. But the CDC uh, did report that there is stronger correlation between the coronavirus vaccine and heart inflammation. Males under the age of 30 may face heart complication after receiving a full shot. According to the deputy director of the CDC, I'm sorry, the CDC's immunization safety office, although it has not been officially, although it has not been officially confirmed to be an associated problem, the agency is investigating 226 cases of myocarditis, the inflammation of the myocardium in the heart, and pericarditis, the inflammation of the pericardium. Among young vaccinated men, myocarditis and pericarditis share the same symptoms, including fever, fatigue, shortness of breath, and a particular type of chest pain. They're they're desperate to push the lab leak, even though to 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 claim that Trump was right all along, even though Trump was saying something about fucking bioweapons and shit, that it was man-made and engineered to be released by by the Chinese. That was their claim, so no. If if it was scientists accidentally let it leak, that's a lot different than they engineered it to be a bioweapon and China was trying to attack us, which was the story that they were putting out about this time last year. Now, worries have mounted in the U.S. over the Delta strain, which the CDC has now labeled a variant of concern. A coronavirus variant that was first identified in India is causing growing concern in the U.S., leading the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to raise its status to a variant of concern. While data shows vaccines are still effective against the variant, referred to as Delta, there is still worry that the variant could become the dominant strain circulating in the U.S. and spread among unvaccinated populations. 
which if 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 I was to guess, that's what we're headed towards come September, October of this year. New research suggests that the Delta variant nearly doubles the risk of hospitalization compared to the strain that was previously dominant in the UK, referred to as Alpha. The Scottish study also found that two doses of the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines provide protection against the Delta variant. Alpha became the main strain circulating in the U.S. in the spring, but experts are concerned that the Delta variant could soon overtake it. It makes up nearly 10% of U.S. infections, according to the CDC. The agency changed Delta's classification this week to a variant of concern, saying that there is a mounting evidence that the Delta variant spreads more easily and causes more severe cases when compared to other variants. Scott Gottlieb, a former commissioner of the FDA, told CBS News Face the Nation on Sunday that the percentage of Delta cases is doubling every two weeks. With just under 44% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, experts fear there is plenty of opportunity for the variant to spread. And then what do you, what happens when it spreads throughout the unvaccinated population it can it can mutate into something even deadlier that the vaccines might not protect against. Oh. It is a mess, a whole mess of bat shit. Like apparently what was going on in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. This is coming to us from Sky News in Australia. Institute of Virology is the lab under investigation by international intelligence agencies examining whether an accidental leak may have started the global pandemic. <laughs> Tonight, are there corporate well, that's when I when I call out the name I'm wanting to couch it in like this is the source that this is coming from. Please be aware. We read a lot of shit from Breitbart and The Blaze and Fox News. We just need to couch it So everyone knows what's going on. What's up, Rocky? Good evening. Great interest to the probe announced by U.S. President Joe Biden. We can show you footage from inside. It sounded like she said Joey Biden, and that was kind of cute. And interviews with the very scientists at the heart of one of the greatest cover-ups the world. Fucking no. Oh, fuck. Are you serious, Rocky? Let's 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 do the bat story here, and then we're going to check in on what's going on in Gaza. How did the COVID nineteen global pandemic start? Did the virus derive from bats end up in the Wuhan lab, causing an inadvertent leak, or was there an infected worker? Evidence from this footage will shed more light on some of these questions. Yeah, it's within it's within the last hour by the Chinese and French governments in a deal designed to promote international scientific... We're supposed to be getting the video here in just a second. French and Chinese leaders attend a ceremony marking the signing of the agreement. And China's President Xi Jinping visits a level four lab in France. For the first... Winnie the Pooh! There were intense clashes behind the scenes. That admission from the deputy director of the Wuhan National Biosafety Level 4 Lab 
Song Dongling, in this extraordinary video produced by the Chinese Academy of Sciences back in May 2017. The video marks the launch of the laboratory. It's called... Okay, so the Wuhan lab denied studying bats, and apparently we're getting ready to see video... In this video, Song also admits... ...of the bats. ...had no prior experience in the area of biosafety, yet they were dealing with some of the world's most dangerous pathogens. Well, yeah, but that's, that's not evidence of anything. I'm sure they were walked through the construction with the help of the international community and the World Health Organization. Highly dangerous experiments. After relying on the French government to both fund and build the lab, Hi, Smokey. when it was complete, the French were immediately kicked out. The French government was furious, as this was supposed to be a center of international. Now, I don't. I, th that claim sounds dubious. In French intelligence, there were grave concerns about what the scientists could be hiding, and what biological research they intended to conduct. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, there's been worldwide scrutiny. Okay, she's she's got this weird look on her face, like this weird smirk the entire time. It's really unsettling. Institute of Virology, its scientists... Am I imagining that? Can you guys verify me on that one? This newly unearthed video features an interview with... Chef Is that just her news face and it's... Infectious diseases. From before, she famously became known as the Batwoman. Oh, is that what you think? For the first time, just how She's taking a pleasure in it. Shi Zhengli's team had collected. Shi Zhengli研究团队十年如一日。15,000 bat samples. The Wuhan Institute of Virology's virus databases were all wiped from the internet starting on September 12, 2019. Shi Li claimed they had been the subject of hacking attempts. Now that that's an interesting number right there. To any investigating agencies. Even worse. And that's one of the reasons why I said that the researchers would have been sick if it actually came from the lab, they would have been sick earlier. Access to the virus database. At the end of September. Peter Dajak confirmed. they were trying so if it actually came from the lab and they're trying to wipe records on September twelfth. In front of the whole team, both sides. That, that is a very good point. Pretty hard to study SARS without bat samples. Missing database. Um, what we were told by Shi Zhengli was that it had been, there'd been hacking attempts on it, about 3,000 hacking attempts, and they took down this Excel spreadsheet database. database. Um, absolutely. Really now, that's, that's alarming, and the timing on that is alarming. Ask to see the data. It is shocking. The World Health Organization didn't even... Yes, yes, Tones, I brought that up so many times. Fucking, when the Trump administration came in, they parsed down the CDC abroad, and they actually pulled out our people from China, and that lab specifically. 
So when right wingers point to, oh, well, they weren't able to trace it back the way they were with uh, with MERS or SARS and everything, I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that the U.S. had a diminished presence there in that region. Ask for access to this database, which in 2017 may have had over 15,000 bat samples. This amazing video I'm bringing you tonight has been unearthed by a team of underground detectives who relentlessly investigate the origins of COVID-19. And, and the, the Trump administration being as shitty as it was and not forthcoming has been arguably great contributes to all this. And Fauci having to walk a tightrope with him. I do not... Until only recently, treated this... I do not envy the position that he was put in. ...as a cold case. Or perhaps they just accepted the line that it was a naturally occurring virus. Even though... How, how ironic, just two months before that. ...and counting. One of Drastic's members, Jesse, a digital archivist, made this video discovery along with the group's coordinator. Who so here's the here's the footage of bats for safety reasons. Billy's written a research paper delving into the question of whether the Wuhan lab kept live bats. This question has been hotly contested since the early days of the outbreak. Peter I hadn't even heard the claim that they didn't keep bats until today. When he visited Wuhan. Has also denied. Yes, Trump had so many business ties to China, as well as Ivanka and Jared. He said, no bats were sent to Wuhan lab for genetic analysis of viruses collected in the field. That's not how science works. We collect bat samples, send them to the lab, we release bats where we catch them. Then in a second December 2020 tweet, he repeated the claim again. He said, this is a widely circulated conspiracy theory. This piece describes work I'm the lead on and labs I've collaborated with for 15 years. They do not have live or dead bats in them. There is no evidence anywhere that this happened. It's an error that I hope will be corrected. So he, he's saying that they collect the sample and then release them again. Institute of Virology indicates his statements are wrong. It is not a conspiracy to say there were live bats at the lab. It is a fact. And as you can see, this video shows bats in a cage at the Wuhan Institute. You can also see there a researcher feeding a bat with a worm. And in this image, we can see researchers out capturing bats and a bat even hangs off a researcher's hat. So where was this footage from? There are mouse cages, hundreds of them. We know that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was using humanized mice for experiments to see which coronaviruses could infect humans. In some experiments, they used the humanized mice to make viruses that couldn't previously infect humans do exactly that. These experiments called gain of function well, they're, they're, they're not really telling us how old it is or where it came from. That raises a red flag for me. This footage, had it been available early last year, may have reshaped the entire narrative around the potential origin of COVID-19. Back then, we were told there were no bats at the lab, but we were told that disease-ridden bats were sold and butchered at the wet market. <laughs> You remember this led to calls. Oops, we found one. Ministers the world over to shut down wet markets. 
and videos did the rounds of Chinese people eating. Well, wet markets actually are incredibly unsanitary. I don't know what a humanized mouse is. I guess it's, uh, they've genetically modified it to be more like a human? It was a conspiracy to say there were bats in the Wuhan lab. He said, we didn't ask them if they had bats. I wouldn't be surprised if like many other virology labs, they were trying to set up a bat colony. I know it's happening in labs here and in other countries. That was just June. See, I don't know what he's what he said that he was responding to. That his comments weren't taken out of context. Crucial information when they were making their assessments. Because once again, that dude was an expert. This girl is not. This woman. Dashik is also the scientist who organized, drafted, and... Interesting. I did not know about humanized mouse. Mice. Humanized mice. From a lab. While investigating my book, What Really Happened in Wuhan, I discovered that Dajik was invited to brief the FBI and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence at a meeting on February 3rd, 2020, in the earliest days of the outbreak. Misinformation. A humanized moose. ...at that meeting. He's also now leading the last investigation into the origins issue. So here, okay, so here's the thing is like, the, the lab leak is plausible. I don't think it's likely. I think it's like a fucking 10%, 15% chance or something like that. His very involvement in the World Health Organization investigation was an... But you have to be... Conflict of interest. Cautious the most like she's talking about conflict of interest without ever acknowledging her conflicts of interest. And that's one of the, that's one of the things like the right wingers like Sagar and Jetty. He he's made a fucking killing off of validating these right wing beliefs like oh Russia Gate is all a hoax blah blah blah. Now, he, now he's doing it over lab leak because it gets clicks. The intelligence community also concurs with a wide scientific consensus that the COVID-19 virus was not man-made or genetically modified. That statement from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence on 30th of April last year. This statement is very clearly false. It always was false. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's to this day. It is still the consensus, ma'am. It is not false. University professor Nikolai Petrovsky pointed out over a year ago. Better adapted to infect humans than, than any other animal. And that's surprising because it, it, it you know, we're not aware that it, it actually has had, um, had the opportunity to do, to adapt to this human receptor before. So it really looked like this was a virus that, that is optimally designed to infect humans. Peter Dash Okay, so I don't know that I don't know that Sagar or like people like that like they're not on the Trump train, but they're on the money train that Trumpers like, oh, Sagar is considered like uh credible. So when he gives Wait to that Russia Gate. I want to know what Russia Gate is. We've had this conversation on the show so many times. Somebody explain to me what Russia Gate is. What Rachel Maddow supposedly? I don't watch her. I don't know what she fucking said. I know the facts of the Russia investigation. I know what Mueller said in his report. I know what the Senate Intelligence Committee said in their report. 
Over 100 campaign connections between Russia and Trump. 11 counts of obstruction. So I don't know what Russia Gate is. Now, if you want to say that uh, MSNBC went, ran with these wild conspiracy theories about the P tape and everything, I don't know. I don't fucking care. But all fucking news outlets do it. So one news outlet picking on another news outlet doing it is just trying to get clicks off of the fucking fans of that news outlet. That's all it is. They're just trying to troll them. Uh, yes, I have seen the mouse with the ears growing on him and shit. That, that stuff is wild. Freaks me out. But I'm all about, like, I'm, I'm not anti-science by, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just like, medical procedures flip me out. I've never been in the hospital, never been cut open. I, like, if, if it was to happen to me, like, I don't know if I could take it. You gotta, like, you gotta fucking drug me up. Really good. That's, I don't... That, that requires a lot of context. Was was Trump actively? We, Russia operated on behalf of Trump. That is certain. We know that, and we're gonna we're gonna watch an interview of Vladimir Putin about it here in just a little bit. But let's let's check in with what's going on in the Gaza Strip. Thank you, Rocky, for alerting us. This happening in just the last hour. Israel launches air raids on Gaza Strip. The Israeli Air Force launched air raids on the Gaza Strip early on Wednesday after Palestinians in the besieged enclave sent incendiary balloons into southern Israel. In a statement, the Israeli army said it attacked Hamas compounds and that it was ready for all scenarios, including renewed fighting in the face of continued terrorist acts emanating from Gaza. Yes, Naftali Bennett just took over on Sunday evening. I guess it was Monday morning in Israel. And already we're launching strike. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I'll quote some Who lyrics before we talk about Pink Floyd here in a little bit. It added that the raids were in response to the launching of the balloons, which the Israeli fire brigade reported caused 20 fires in open fields in communities near the Gaza border. Uh, border. It was not immediately clear if these were uh, if there were casualties in Gaza as a result of the bombings. So, the scene from Gaza this evening. I guess early morning for them. Unfortunately, a familiar scene. They also are the first raids on Gaza since a new Israeli coalition government headed by right-wing nationalist Naftali Bennett took over during the uh, during the weekend, ending Benjamin Netanyahu's 12-year run as prime minister. I mean, I, I totally thought the escalation over the last couple of months was wagging the dog. Hundreds of Palestinians in Gaza protested against Tuesday's so-called March of the Flags, which marks the anniversary of Israel's 1967 occupation of the city's eastern part. The rally came as tensions remain high over Israel's planned forced displacement of Palestinian families from the neighborhood 
of Sheikh Jara. Ahead of the march, Israel police forcibly removed dozens of Palestinians from outside the old city's Damascus Gate. At least seven Palestinians were arrested and 33 others were wounded as Israeli police fired stun grenades in the surrounding areas of Damascus Gate. Hundreds of Jewish ultranationalists participating in the march were heard chanting death to Arabs in Hebrew. In another anti-Palestinian chant, they yelled, may your village burn. Yep. So, tensions escalating once again in Gaza. The new coalition government not... And you've got to wonder, Netanyahu has already said he wants to bring down the current coalition government. So is Netanyahu playing a role in these attacks, this escalation? I... The Bennett Coalition is barely held together, actually contains a few Arabs. Some of the first elected Arabs and other Christian Arabs. That's like... There was talk that he was going to lead a fucking... a a militia, a, a riot. Much like Trump did here in the U.S. to try to stop the Bennett government from taking over. We are just gaslighting ourselves. There, there will probably be a new election in Israel within the next two years. No doubt. Man, I once heard the... Uh, I heard the quote, like, we're not even civilized yet. It might have been like Howard Zinn said it. Like, that, that fucking shook me to the core. Like, we really aren't. We aren't civilized yet. And if you want a... Shining example of how we are not civilized yet. This story coming to us from Georgia. Tonight, news of a deadly shooting at a grocery store. Authorities say over masks. A cashier did not survive this playing out in DeKalb County, Georgia. Authorities say the suspect argued with the cashier over not wearing his mask. They say he then pulled out a gun and opened fire, killing her. A shootout then erupting between the suspect and an off-duty deputy. A fucking... A minimum wage fucking cashier and a big bear in goddamn Georgia lost their life. Because some asshole got mad over being told to wear a goddamn mask. We aren't civilized. Cashier's dead and two people were wounded after a shooting broke out following an argument inside a Georgia store. The incident took place Monday in DeKalb County at a Big Bear grocery store around 1.10 p.m. Victor Lee Tucker Jr., 30, of Palmetto, Georgia, entered the store, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said. Cashier was identified Tuesday as 41-year-old Laquita Willis, according to the DeKalb County Police Department. Tucker, who was also wounded in the incident, is still in the hospital Tuesday and is expected to survive. 
He faces charges of murder and two counts of aggravated assault, according to authorities. Tucker allegedly got into an argument with a cashier about wearing a face mask while he was checking out his items. Tucker left the store without making his purchase, but immediately returned inside, walked directly back to the cashier, pulled a handgun, and shot her. An off-duty officer who was a veteran of the sheriff's office pulled his weapon and opened fire on Tucker. Amazingly enough, didn't kill him. You're telling me a fucking cop opened fire on someone who shot another person point blank that he witnessed. Opened fire on him and didn't kill him. Sounds about white. Shit. Tucker was hit but returned fire and struck the off-duty officer twice. Another cashier was grazed by a bullet and she was treated at the scene. The cashier who was initially shot was pronounced dead. The deputy was taken to Atlanta Medical Center and was in stable condition. Tucker, who was arrested by officers as he allegedly tried to crawl out of the store, was also taken to Grady and listed in stable condition. Indictments are pending for Tucker. People are like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for your boss, the police? Well, what the fuck good are the police? He didn't stop a fucking murder. Clearly, he's not a good shot. Said he was a veteran and a cop. Oh, it said he was a veteran of the police department. I'm sorry. My bad. My brain was uh, a little behind on that one. Maryland police say officers are permitted to use force in cases of resistance after videos show violent arrests. Are you ready for this one? This is on a boardwalk. What in the world would we do as a country if we didn't have police assaulting innocent people on the boardwalk for vaping and failing to stop a murder that happens right in front of them? What in the world would we do? Yes, he wasn't nothing. Look at how he's being treated. All over a vape. Not just fuck them Ocean City cops. Fuck cops. And I dare you to tell me that there's good cops when the, the, the police station stands by this. The higher-ups stand by this. The Ocean City Police released a statement Sunday saying its officers are permitted to use force on subjects resisting arrest following the circulation of social media video showing an officer driving his knee into a man and another officer deploying a taser during an incident with multiple arrests. 
We are aware of the social media videos circulating regarding the incident. Our officers are permitted to use for uh, force per their training to overcome exhibited resistance. Now, you guys all saw that. No, sir, you did not miss Batman porn. That's for the end of the show. That's probably an hour from now, sir. The uses of force from these arrests will go through a multi-level examination by the assistant patrol commander, the division commander, and then by the Office of Professional Standards. Oh, we're going to talk about Mother Nature. She's going to feel like a terrorist later this week. People in the West. So yeah, the man appears to lower one hand to unhook a strap of his backpack when the officer deploys a taser, what within seconds of walking up to him. Another series of videos posted on Instagram appears to show a large presence of officers setting up a perimeter on the boardwalk and while making multiple arrests. A group of officers can be seen holding a man on the ground when one officer drives his knee into the man multiple times. There can't possibly be good cops. I can show you over and over again what happens to good cops. They come up against the system of corruption in the police departments, and they're no longer cops. Also, someone who is no longer a cop today... This is the person in this video happening in Rutherford County, Tennessee. Hold on here. We're zoomed in a little too close here. Here we go. This is the original footage. They probably flipped it. If I'd known it was sideways, I would have flipped it. And put it up, but this guy right here, he's a cop, and he has pulled his gun because he's got the road rage. I'm gonna film it. They're calling 911. This is an off-duty cop. So get this. He's he's got road rage. He's upset somebody cut him off or some shit. In our country, that's doing some amazing things. Yes. What in the fuck? Now we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Diamond and Silk. What the fuck? That's not what we're watching. He's an off-duty cop with a with a small fucking dick. Needs his ego stroked. Oh, 
Honestly, I believe law enforcement attracts sociopaths and psychopaths. He's not even from this county. You're by the Holiday Inn, right? Yeah, right in front of, he's a, it's a uh, 4x4 dog. Oh, so he doesn't even have jurisdiction, and he's trying to make the dude get on the ground. What? Dude from Arkansas coming up into Tennessee trying to sling his dick around. Dude's like, please come over, please. This dude is scaring me. He has put his gun away. Trying to make sure he's got his badge displayed so he don't get treated like a, a civilian. All he wants is the same thing everything everybody else wants is preferential treatment. The Homer Simpson quote. I fucked it up, though. Well, he is off the force, at least. We can get the full story here. That hit got me. I had a little, have a little coffee. Off-duty officer is accused of pointing his department-issued handgun at a driver during an apparent road rage case that began on I-24. Matthew Ward, 31, of Carson Lane in Murfreesboro, is a detured police officer charged with aggravated assault. The road rage incident apparently started on I-24, according to Rutherford County Sheriff's Officer Patrol Captain Corporal, whatever the fuck, CPL, Corporal William Travis, who was the arresting officer. RCSO said Ward allegedly saw a driver speeding on I-24, displayed his police badge in motion for the driver to slow down. RCSO said the two exchanged words and word reportedly. So this dude was trying to pull somebody over in a fucking county he didn't have jurisdiction in. In a fucking vehicle that wasn't an official vehicle. What a... F- wow! Upon investigation, Ward was arrested and booked into the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center and released on a $5,000 bond. A hearing is set for October 27th. Now, a Republican was on with, uh, this is Chris, right? Chris, Andrew's the governor that needs to resign. This is Chris, the shitty news anchor on CNN. He was on with Chris Cuomo last night. Uh, fuck it. What's this dude's name? Uh, God, I forget what is, what this guy's name is. 
love, known as uh, first, right, you know, first responders, police, a hundred of them hurt. Uh, you don't even want to investigate it. Chris, look, that's just nuts. For you to say something like people you supposedly you, don't love. you support the police? Of course then I do. Then why don't so you want to investigate so why a hundred of them got beaten up? So why did you insert the word supposedly? Because you won't that? investigate. Representative Chris Stewart of Utah. Think you support them. Okay. Uh, and, and I've, I've explained Last that. Word I to think you. I've been, Go ahead. I've, I think I've been really clear, and I think as well as this. The American people don't distinguish between attack on the Capitol and nightly attacks on judicial I system. And on other. Well, we agree to disagree. Absolutely. What? We always will. That's why I will. The nightly attacks on what? What? What was he talking about? Now, I wonder if Representative Stewart was one of the 21 Republicans who voted against awarding medals to the police who defended Capitol on January the 6th. The House passed legislation just a couple hours ago to award congressional gold medals, one of the highest civilian honors, to the police officers who defended the Capitol during the violent January 6th insurrection. I'm sure he meant the BLM protests. And look, don't even get me started about how they criminalize those protests by imposing these curfews on peaceful protests just so that they have a reason to crack down and use their rubber fucking bullets, their pepper ball sprays. Fuck them. Lawmakers handily passed the legislation. Members of both parties supported it. 406 to 21 with all of the votes in opposition coming from conservative Republicans. The four medals awarded under the bill would be displayed at the Capitol Police Headquarters at D.C. Metropolitan Police Headquarters at the Smithsonian Institute and in a prominent location in the Capitol. The Republicans who voted against the bill were Andy Biggs of Arizona, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, of course, Michael Cloud of Texas, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, Warren Davidson of Ohio, Matt Gates of Florida, Louis Gohmert, who wants to try to fucking fuck with the moon, see if it can change the moon's rotation, Bob Good of Virginia, Paul Gozar of Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Andy Harris of uh, MDs, Maryland, right? Jody Heiss of Georgia, uh, Mary Miller of Illinois, Barry Moore of Alabama, of course, Barry Moore. I troll Billy, Barry, I troll Barry Moore all the fucking time. Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, John Rose of Tennessee, Matt Rosendale of Montana, Chip Roy of Texas, and Greg Steube of Florida. So apparently Mr. Stewart actually voted for it. I did not see his name in there. Despite his opposition while he was on with Chris Cuomo. Honest to God, that's not a bad idea, Tones. Or at least make them sound really patriotic. Give them really patriotic names. And that's that's a conservative tactic. Changing the name of something calling the estate tax the death tax to make it less popular. The super patriot fucking something or other should be the next spending bill the Democrats put forward. 
make Republicans go on record saying they, they vote against the conservative, super patriotic, whatever the fuck name of the bill is. I love it. Great idea. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to get to that here in a second. I skipped something. Let's talk about Ashley Babbitt for a second. Ashley Babbitt's husband is demanding the identity of the Capitol officer who shot her to be released. Now, on this one, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted. I believe the Capitol officer that shot Ashley Babbitt was justified. However, I sit here every night talking about transparency from the cops, how the cops lie about everything, how we need to know about these investigations. I kind of agree with Ashley Babbitt's husband. We should know the name of the cop. He should be given access to the investigation. I would be a hypocrite if I demanded it in other situations and not this one. Even though I totally believe the Capitol Police were justified in shooting her, we watched the video of her getting shot. I'm sorry, Ashley. She spells it differently. Let's uh, let's watch Tucker here, I guess. Talk about Ashley Babbitt. So within hours, literally within hours of the riot at the Capitol this January 6th... I'm not high enough for this shit. ...propagandists began telling us, again, in unison, choreographed, what we had just seen was not a bunch of angry people who felt the election had been stolen from them, who overreacted and broke the law, which is what actually happened, but instead a group of QAnon white supremacists who were attempting to overthrow the U.S. government, insurrectionists who were more dangerous than ISIS... This was worse than 9-11. This was- I, I'm guessing she's around our age. That she's our cohort. Young Gen X, late millennial, I would assume. Right? She was 30-something. She was like 39, 40. This was our Pearl Harbor. They said this. Not just a few of them. All- but you know she signed her name with a little heart over the eye when she was in Is school. That claim, totally separated from reality. Insane, actually was internalized not just by a lot of the population but what republican leaders a lot of republican leaders and as a result of that in the months since they have not asked the most basic questions about what actually happened that day and here's first among them the only person who was actually shot to death that day was a protester called ashley babbitt she was shot and killed in the capitol on january protester that's a weird thing to say about a woman who was actively trying to breach a door where lawmakers were on the other side of and there were a security force charged with protecting those lawmakers as she's trying to break down the window of a door she was told multiple times to stop January 6th on tape here's the amazing thing we still don't know who shot her and we don't know why no one has ever explained, and no one's been forced to explain. That's the key. Aaron Babbitt. Welcome if you got him. Of Ashley Babbitt. He is suing to find who shot her. He's joined by the Babbitt family lawyer, Cheryl Roberts. Aaron, Cheryl, thanks so much for coming on. Aaron, first to you. Thanks very much for coming on. I'm sorry about, genuinely sorry about what happened to your wife. I don't, I, the, 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 the descriptor as terrorist about Mother Nature uh, not apt, but however, like, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson was the one that said, uh, um, uh, 
99.9% of the places you can go in the universe are hostile to life. That the environment is actively trying to kill you. So, terrorist might not be the right description. However, most of the known universe is hostile to life. <laughs> uh, Tucker, genuine? No. Who shot your wife on January 6th? Do you know? I don't know. Somebody. I, there is no. I did not expect fucking this dude to look like Maskless Moses. No, I had no idea that this motherfucker was going to look exactly, exactly like Ben fucking Martin. He knows. Somebody up in D.C. knows. I think a lot of people know. But nobody's telling us. And the silence is deafening. I mean, you're an American citizen. Did you know that in this country, you can be shot to death by a government employee and no one explains who did it or why? Did that even occur to you before? Hey, Tucker. Hey, Tucker, there have been people out on the streets protesting that kind of gross violation of their civil rights. Yeah, 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 that would... The lack of self-awareness. Holy shit. Before January 6th? No, 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 that never occurred to me, and furthermore, I never expected to lose my wife. Isn't it so wild that they make the correct arguments in response to, like, the wrong shit? They're going to make some civil rights argument in response to, like, the terrorists trying to take over the Capitol. And not to the peaceful protesters that are in the streets. Fucking sh- God. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? Wow. Political violence. So. Wow. What I I have to ask. I mean, how, how do you feel about seeing her characterized the way that you have? How do you feel about the as a terrorist of interest in her death? It sickens me to hear what people say about Ashley. Um, there's never been a person that Ashley ran across in her daily life that didn't love her and wouldn't remember her in some way, shape, or. She is a traitor to this country, sir. I hate to inform you. This is the social media craziness that, you know, people just run with a theory and just take off with it. And, you know, it's- a theory, a theory. I saw, I saw what I, I saw her. I saw it happen. I saw it. What? I don't remember if it was that day. I saw it that day or the next day, one or the other. I saw it happen, sir. I watched the video. I am the most anti-police person you are ever going to find, but for once, I'm going to... That was justified. Not for once. When the kids were popping off at the police, I was like, all right, the police handled that well. I'm dumbfounded, dumbfounded. Thank you for not giving up on it. So I appreciate that, Tugger. 
Well, yeah, and it's, in my case, it's nothing to do with politics. I mean that. You shouldn't be allowed to shoot someone. Cops shoot people all the time. I think it's often justified. I've said that many times. But we have a right to know who did it and why. I mean, that's, those are the rules. Mr. Roberts, let me ask you. There have been reports online that seem credible. I don't know if they're true. That the Capitol Hill police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt, I'm not going to mention the name, was the same officer who left his loaded handgun in a public men's room on the Capitol. Do you believe that is the same officer who seems like a very reckless person who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt on January 6th? Uh, that's, that's my belief. How would you know that? So if it turns out that she was shot, for reasons, again, they still haven't explained to us, by a Capitol Hill police officer who left a loaded handgun in a public men's room and kept his job somehow, do you think maybe that's why they're hiding his identity? Um, I don't know, but I think uh, one of the reasons why they're hiding his identity is they don't have a good explanation for this shooting. I think that if... Uh... How, but, but, but she was breaching the Capitol! She was within feet of lawmakers! What do you mean, no good explanation? Uh, Ashley Babbitt had been brandishing a firearm... And yeah. when she was shot, uh, the officer would be identified by now and they'd be pinning a medal on him. Yep. So I don't think they have a good explanation for this shooting, and that's why they haven't identified him. I'm pretty sure they did put a medal on him today, sir. I'm almost positive they put a fucking medal on him today. Again, you're an American citizen. Presumably you have a congressman who's supposed to represent you. You have two senators. Has any politician reached out to you to say, hey, I'm going to find out Wow. Senator, uh, Congressman Darrell Issa did the, the night of the 6th. Um, Good. And he was, con he was confused as to why he was calling me because he's not my congressman. Um, mm -hmm. My Congress, my business is in his district. Um, I never heard from the congressman that supposedly represents me here in San Diego. Yeah, well, maybe someone could get on that. It's an American citizen dead. It's not a small thing. And if we act like it's a small thing, then I think all of us are in, in trouble. Uh, Aaron... Joe Roberts, thank you both very much for coming on tonight. Oh, my God. I, I'm speechless. That, that's one of the most astounding things I've ever watched. Sorry, media. I didn't even pick this video out. I had the, I had the story. I was like, oh, and I guess we'll watch uh, Tucker. It's attached to this. And yeah. I ran people off from the fucking stream. I'm sorry. 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Not bad. And we've got such fun stuff to go. Pure insanity. Emails show DOJ response to the Trump election fraud claims. This should be good. Top Justice Department officials derisively dismissed a series of last-ditch efforts by then-President Donald Trump's aides and emissaries to get DOJ lawyers and the FBI to investigate outlandish election fraud claims in the waning weeks of Trump's presidency. Newly released emails show... The emails made public by the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee 
detailed the Justice Department's response to attempts by Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to get investigators to look at bizarre allegations in a YouTube video where a former intelligence officer named Brad Johnson asserted that individuals in Italy were manipulating votes in the U.S. through satellites. You're exactly right. The fact that he doesn't say that about Breonna Taylor makes him incredibly racist. I don't know what Tucker's coverage of Breonna Taylor looked like, but I'm pretty sure it's been cop apologist-centered, if he's even mentioned it. Pure insanity. Then acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue wrote in response to one New Year's Day email from Meadows relaying the Italy theory. That exchange appeared to put then-acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen into a defensive mode, recording events in writing for posterity, and the very kinds of investigations that congressional committees are now pursuing. Yes, Rosen replied, after this message, I was asked to have FBI meet with Brad Johnson, and I responded that Brad Johnson could call or walk into FBI's Washington field office with any evidence he purports to have. Rosen goes on to relate that Johnson was collaborating with Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? You ask a very good question because I've been to San Diego and that is a beautiful fucking city. I loved it. On a follow-up call, I learned that Johnson is working with Rudy Giuliani who regarded my comments as an insult. (laughs) Asked if I would reconsider, I flatly refused, said I would not be giving any special treatment to Giuliani or any of his witnesses, in quotes, and reaffirmed yet again that I will not talk to Giuliani about any of this, Rosen wrote. In another email, Meadows asked Rosen to have the acting civil division chief, Jeffrey Clark, immediately look into allegations of signature match anomalies in Fulton County, Georgia. Can you believe this? I'm not going to respond to message below, Rosen wrote to Donahue. Donahue replied, at least it's better than the last one, but that doesn't say much. He was like, low bar, son. The newly released emails also disclose that a lawyer urging the Justice Department to file a case at the Supreme Court to overturn the election results, Kurt Olson drove from Maryland to Washington, D.C. in an effort to meet with Rosen over the issue, but was rebuffed. Wow! The President of the United States has seen this complaint, and he directed me last night to brief A.G. Rosen in person today to discuss bringing this action. Olson wrote to John Morin, Chief of Staff to Donahue, on December 29th. Warren said he told Olson that Rosen was tied up in meetings at the White House, but Olson later said he was on his way to Washington to see Rosen without any scheduled appointment. These motherfuckers just thought they could walk on in, do whatever the fuck they wanted. Some of the emails also appear to allude to an effort Trump considered in late December and early January to remove the top leadership of the Justice Department and install Clark, 
who some Trump allies perceived as more willing to make legal moves to back Trump's effort to challenge the election results. So what was going on behind the scenes was even more nefarious than what we knew at the time, and we we saw most of it going on. Amazing, National Security Division Chief John Dimmers replied. Still at White House, but that is correct, Office of Legal Counsel Head Stephen Engel wrote back that evening. Trump reportedly abandoned the plan to replace Rosen after nearly all the senior leaders at the Justice Department threatened to quit, which would have overshadowed Trump's election fraud claims. The AG in Texas, who should be standing trial right now, was indicted five years ago, admitted, admitted, if everybody had been allowed to vote in Texas, the Republicans would have lost. On record saying it. Some of the emails in which Meadows pressed the Justice Department to investigate various fraud theories were reported last week by the New York Times after those messages were obtained by the Senate Judiciary Committee. The emails the House panel released Tuesday were first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Old Trumpy boy. Now I know we don't miss Trump, but you know who misses Trump? Russian President Vladimir Putin. Putin gave an interview to NBC News ahead of his meeting with Joe Biden he had this to say you once described president trump as a bright person talented how would you describe president biden no i i miss trump having a fucking twitter at the moment that i would have enjoyed trump having a fucking twitter they took it like his sad pathetic tweets to this day would be fun to read Like, he shouldn't have had a Twitter the last five fucking years. He should have had it from November on. That's my opinion. I wanted to see him disintegrate in public. Well, even now, I believe that former U.S. President, Mr. Trump, is an extraordinary individual, talented individual. Otherwise, he would not have become U.S. President. Holy fuck, he's a funny fucker, isn't he? Vlad just coming out here dropping jokes on us, acting like he's like up at the fucking comedy store. God damn. Well, even now, I believe that former U.S. President, Mr. Trump, is an extraordinary individual, talented individual. Otherwise, he would not have become U.S. President. He's a colorful individual. You may like him or not. And Colorful indeed. He's very orange. Or not. And, but he didn't come from the U.S. establishment. He had not been part of big-time politics before. And some like it, some don't like it. But that is a fact. President Biden, of course, is radically different from Trump because President Biden is a career man. He has spent virtually his entire adulthood in politics. Just think of the number of years he spent in the Senate. A different kind of person. And it is my great hope that, yes, there are some advantages, some disadvantages, but there will not be any impulse-based movements on behalf of the sitting U.S. president. We, by impulse-based movements, he, uh, why is this even a thing? Good question. By impulse-based movements, I assume he means something about uh, sanctions regarding Crimea. 
movement on the Ukraine issue. Let me let me put this forward though. Uh, oftentimes I use Brian Tyler Cohen as a source. He posts some good shit, but like he posted on Facebook earlier that Vlad isn't ready for what's coming in response to Joe Biden. Now, Brian, that 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 is sad. I like you. I encourage everybody to go follow Brian Tyler Cohen. But goddamn, Vlad isn't ready for what's coming. What's co- what, what, fucking Biden's gonna stutter at him or some shit? Come on, we watched the Biden uh, press conference. He took like three or four questions from the press. He lost his place a couple different times. There was even there was even a different press conference where he went Syria, Libya. That I didn't even bring up. Now he's fucking eighty years old. He's on an international goddamn trip. He's got jet lag like a motherfucker. He's clearly lost his step from where he was five years ago. I'm gonna cut him a little slack. The Biden administration is competent. Biden himself is not competent. So, Brian Tyler Cohen, please don't be like, Vlad isn't ready for what's coming. Let's not hero worship fucking Joe Biden. I don't think you should hero worship anybody, but if you're going to, pick somebody a lot better than Joe goddamn Biden. So, anyway. Yes, the Senate did unanimously pass the bill to make Juneteenth a holiday... That's super cool. I was going to talk about that tomorrow because I'd already finished putting the show together. And I'm like, it doesn't really fit in anywhere with anything I'm talking about tonight. So, Because they, they passed it later on in the afternoon today. Everyone's heroes are probably trash. That's a, it's best not to meet your heroes. That's for fucking sure. People you look up to. Also, like... You should never listen to your favorite musicians about their political beliefs. Even if by their music it sounds like you would be pretty much in agreement about their political beliefs. He's not He's not a knee-jerk waggy boy, no. Now, I don't think anybody that's going to be watching my stream is a worshiper of Biden. I'm just, I'm wanted to throw that out to the shit libs. Brian Tyler Cohen, I like you, dude. Don't, don't hero worship Biden. Kamala Harris is still not ready for primetime, much less 2024, according to this Hill opinion piece. Who's the author on this? Joe Concha. I don't know who Joe Concha is. Let's find out. Top line, I agree with him, though. We'll see. We'll see where else we get. Uh, I don't know if I like this Joe Concha guy just by looking at him. <laughs> that was that was horrible on my part. Do not judge people by their looks. Vice President Kamala Harris was asked a very easy, very basic question recently by NBC's Lester Holt about when she, as leader of the Biden administration's effort to fix the crisis at the U.S. southern border, would visit said border. Now, I don't know what the fucking obsession is about her going to the border. What the fuck is she going to do if she goes down there? 
I don't get it, and I think it's been publicity stunts for all these goddamn Republicans to keep going down there, hiding in the bushes and shit, and being like, oh, I see a migrant child. I see a coyote. Nothing but propaganda. I don't know what they want her to do if she goes down there. Do you have any plans to visit the border? Asked Holt. At some point, you know, we are going to the border, Harris responded. We've been to the border. The whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border, Holt corrected. And I haven't been to Europe, Harris replied with an awkward laugh. I don't understand the point you're making. The clip went viral from there with many mocking or simply being dumbfounded by her answer. Uh, is, uh, this is, this is from, uh, Guatemala, right? Here we go. Here's the, we have vice president Harris just finishing her first international trip. Rough first foreign trip taking criticism really from all sides here. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Uh, And I haven't been to Europe. And I I mean, I I don't understand the point that you're making. The White House was not thrilled by that answer, a little bit confused. The Hill is probably the top organization that I use as a source, but they are incredibly clickbaity. And I had a lot, I watched Sauger and Crystal every fucking morning, but I had a lot of critiques. A lot of, I do not like Sauger and Jetty. I don't like Crystal. But I'm one of, I'm one of those people that, um, I search out the other side. And the Hill seems like the most reputable version of the other side that I can get. So a lot of times I sit here and drink my coffee of a morning and watch the Hill from from uh, earlier in the day and get incredibly pissed off. Now I've not watched the new the two new hosts. I watched Emily and Ryan. I watched like all their segments. I do not like Emily. Got a lot of respect for Ryan. But actually, The Hill posts... uh, I use The Hill more than any other source on this show, specifically. Because they post a lot of, you know, just five-minute clips of politicians on the floor and shit. Easy for me to use. But you're right, in in terms of their journalism, which we were reading an opinion piece. In terms of their journalism, yeah, they are kind of sketchy. But media bias actually ranks them as like straight down the middle and like seriously. Ranks them as least biased and mostly factual. High credibility. They rate the Hill least biased based on balanced editorial positions and news reporting that is low biased. We rate them mostly factual in reporting rather than high due to previous opinion columns promoting unproven claims. I can, I can vouch for that for sure. Okay, so perhaps it was just one bad moment for the vice president. Fortunately or unfortunately, Harris was given a second chance a few days later on Univision, and she somehow proved an even worse response. I'm going to go to the border, Harris told Anchor on Friday. The administration has asked, when are you going to the border? Uh, Calderon, who was on a slight delay, pressed. I'm not finished, Harris shot back while again briefly chuckling. 
I've said I'm going to the border, and also, if we are going to deal with the problem at the border, we have to deal with the problems that cause people to go to the border, to flee to the border. So my first trip as Vice President of the United States was to go, in terms of a foreign trip, to Guatemala, where she goes down and tells them not to come here, which pissed off the left here in this country. It was supposed to be some red meat for right-wingers. It was supposed to play well on Fox and endear her to that cohort, and it backfired. 100%. Now, apparently, the administration isn't that happy with her response. Does it go into... Now, here's here's the clip from Guatemala... region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. Now, it's direct contradiction to what she said on the campaign trail. Now, when I was asked about this the other day, I said she didn't say this without the approval of the administration, but I did see a piece. I don't know if it was this one. It said that the administration was upset with her performance. The result of the do not come message, which seems to come not from the VP's moral compass, but more likely from horrific internal polling, has only made matters worse as Harris has been taking incoming from the center, left, and right. The left hates it because it defies the open borders policy Harris advocated as a senator. I don't think she ever advocated open borders. The right laughs at it because empty words don't replace the Biden administration's non-action on the crisis. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said its agents stopped 180,000 people at the border in May. That was the fourth consecutive month. That was the fourth consecutive monthly rise. It represented a 674 percent increase over the 23,000 stopped in May of 2020. Which sounds like a huge increase, but I don't think too many people were making the trek in May of 2020 during a global pandemic. So that 674% number sounds more dramatic. Kamala Harris was once seen as a top contender for the White House. She didn't even make it to Iowa when the first primary votes were cast. Then she was suddenly seen as the torchbearer for President Biden, who may not want to run for re-election in 2024. He will be in his 80s. After her horrific interview performances this week, coupled by her overall poor performance in addressing the border crisis, a President Harris is looking like it will never happen. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because we as progressives, who are we coalescing around in preparation for 2024? Because a 2024 primary for the Democrats might be more open than what we think at the moment. If Biden decides not to run, VP Harris is not the strongest candidate. And a progressive challenger might actually be able to upset the old order. Now, I don't know who that would be. You would think that an AOC would be the standard bearer. I would vote for Bernie in 2024. 
I don't know that AOC would feel that she is ready for it. I, she's just becoming comfortable as a congressperson. So I, I, I don't know. In terms of seniority, there's like we don't have... We have a lot of depth on the bench, but they're all young and hungry. We don't really... Which Obama was young? But who has the bona fides and the name value to actually get over with the progressive audience with us and win us over? But that's the reason why I wanted to talk about this because I want to, as a progressive, be prepared for 2024. It's going to come up super quick. Ooh, Katie Porter. You know, that's not a bad idea. Katie Porter is not a bad idea. Has the same amount of electoral experience as AOC, but is a slightly older, probably a little more prepared. Let's get away from the Obamas. Now, Michelle Obama wouldn't be a bad option. Now, I don't think the Obamas would enter the race as long as the Bidens have influence. I don't think Michelle Obama would run against, you know, the... The Obamas were crucial in actually making sure that Biden and Harris got elected. Harris was probably the VP pick at the behest of Obama. But I doubt Michelle would want to run it. But in terms of just polling numbers and likability, she would actually make a good candidate. In in. From that lens alone. All right. Heat wave enveloping the West will shatter records and spark wildfires. Media winch. My apologies to all of you out West. A dangerous and widespread mid-June heat wave is bringing blowtorch-like heat, skyrocketing power demand, and critical wildfire danger to much of the West. Tuesday through this weekend, the heat is building in a region that is experiencing a record drought, leading to dangerous fire weather conditions, straining electrical electrical grids, and causing water supplies to dwindle further. The heat itself may prove deadly. While the Southwest in particular is used to hot weather, this event could break all-time records in normally hot places like Las Vegas, where the all-time high temperature of 117 degrees Fahrenheit could be toppled and overnight low temperatures won't fall below 90 degrees. I'm so sorry. I've had my doors and windows open all day. Like... We're, we're in a La Nina year, so it's a mild year. However, this proves how drastic climate change is. In a mild year, we're seeing a record drought, a record heat wave, where my friends are literally boiling across the country, and I'm sitting in here like it's 70 fucking degrees right now. There was a nice breeze blowing all day. 
The heat wave has engulfed regions from New Mexico to California, northeastward to Utah, and all the way north to the Canadian border. With temperatures approaching the century mark Tuesday in Wyoming and Montana. I went to Minnesota about this time 20 fucking years ago and you still had to wear a fucking jacket. And like, is it night and shit? The fuck? Heat warnings and advisories are in effect for tens of millions. Death Valley, California, an aptly titled locale which holds the U.S. record for hottest temperature ever recorded, could eclipse 120 degrees Fahrenheit for several days, possibly making a run at its June record of 129 degrees. I, I totally put that shit up in a bun. That's I do man buns when I'm hot. That's a, The bandana comes from, from being out in the heat and keeping the sweat and the hair out of my eyes. While I'm uh, shooting with my camera. And then it just covered up my baldness and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with it. In addition to Las Vegas records, statewide high temperatures, high temperature records for Arizona, 128 degrees and Nevada, 125 degrees could be in jeopardy. I'm glad your apartment only got up to 88. I would I would be fucking boiling at 88. I one my my fucking gauge on my phone must have been off cuz it told me it was like 90 something degrees when I woke up this morning. The cats wanted me to open the door. They were they were really upset that the doors weren't open. And then I opened the doors and I'm like, "Oh shit, it's not 90 something degrees. What?" Critical fire weather conditions are forecast for Tuesday night in Santa Barbara County, as well as portions of Nevada, Utah, and Montana. Vegetation is at record dry levels across many parts of the West amid an extreme drought. More than 20 large wildfires are already burning. Already burning. Winch, I'm not exactly familiar with the wildfire season, but isn't it like the end of the summer? Isn't it like August, September usually? Because if they're already burning now, holy shit. What are they going to look like? Now, this has a lot of worry about the power grids in Texas especially, but in California, you guys have also experienced rolling blackouts during extreme heat. This is comedian Let me get to her name here. Blair Erskine. Comedian Blair Erskine. That's responding right. Responding to for having me. Um, you know, we got a hot hot this this is a video on I guess her YouTube channel or something and she's pretending that a news anchor threw it to her and that she is an official with ERCOT which is the administrative arm of the Texas government the privatized administrative arm 
that runs their power grid. That's right. And thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, we got a tight, hot little grid out there and we got to take care of it or it's going bust. Okay. And we can't, um, we can't be having that. That'll be a mess. So, um, we're just asking the people of Texas to make small sacrifices, just little sacrifices, no blood or anything like that. Um, you know, there's that old saying, you can't have the rainbow without the rain, right? Well, you can't have light without and, until we until we figure out what's going on out there okay because texas is set up on a power grid and what a power grid um does what a power grid is is um it well, it's something different to everybody and that's what you got to understand i mean would you rather have ac or would you rather have aoc and think about that for um a little bit and it'll start to make sense um, so really all we're asking the people of Texas to do is to unplug, <laughs> just unplug, just relax. You know, everybody's got to unplug sometimes. And if you don't unplug, um, God's going to find a way to make you unplug. And, um, you know, in this, in this scenario, <laughs> um, we are God. So in this scenario, we are God. Would you rather have AOC or AC? Well, Apparently, fact checkers are having to are frantically debunking a parody video after a comedian claiming to be a Texas power grid official. Shit, I can't read it. The fucking independent. Well, what they're talking about is ERCOT issuing a warning either today or yesterday. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas says a large number of power plants are offline but it cannot provide details as to what may be causing the very concerning number of outages. At the same time, the state is experiencing near record demand for electricity. Texas's main power grid struggled to keep up with the demand for electricity on Monday, prompting the operator to ask Texans to conserve power until Friday. ERCOT said in a statement on Monday that a significant number of unexpected power plant outages combined with expected record use of electricity due to hot weather has resulted in tight grid conditions. So they weren't prepared for the ice in Texas back in February. And they're not prepared for the heat in Texas. How's that privatization working out for you? ERCOT officials said the power plant outages were unexpected and could not provide details as to what could be causing them. Maybe they got cyber ransomed. The number of plants that were forced offline today is very concerning. But fuck California, yeah, everybody leaving California for Texas. Don't bring your California politics to Alabama now, ma'am. I know you want to come here and get our low tax rates, but we don't want you bringing your critical race theory from California to Alabama. This is an opinion piece from Kyle Whitmer, who is a very good reporter with AL.com. Alabama lawmaker wants to ban critical race theory, so I asked him what it is. If you have watched my show for any amount of time, you know one of my first things is like, define socialism. 
Define cultural Marxism. Define cancel culture. Give me an example. If I ever get to ask a right-winger because they're fucking scared of me, if I ever get to ask a right-winger, what is critical race theory? I bet it would stump them. There's been a lot of talk about CRT lately, and I've felt at a loss. I've heard so many conflicting things about critical race theory, I've gotten more and more confused. So I did what middle-aged white men are prone to do. I asked another middle-aged white man. But not just any. I called an Alabama lawmaker state representative, Chris Pringle. Chris Pringle. Christopher Pringle. A Republican from Mobile once... (laughs) who wants to make it illegal to teach critical race theory in Alabama. The 2021 Alabama legislative session ended last month, but Pringle is already primed for the next one. He recently pre-filed a bill almost eight months before the next session is scheduled to start, and he's been talking it up on the radio. So what does the bill say? It's pretty simple. Pringle said all it says is you can't teach critical race theory in K-12 through or higher education in the state of Alabama. That is a short bill, if not a simple one, but it didn't answer my question. What is critical race theory? Pringle has seen enough legislation to understand the law requires specificity. Many bills began by laying out their legal definitions. How would this bill define critical race theory? It basically teaches that certain children are inherently bad people because of the color of their skin, period, Pringle said. Is that what teaching history does? That sounded very serious indeed. Nazi-like even. So I asked Pringle if there were any critical race theorists he could point to who had been spreading such toxic garbage. Yeah, uh, well, I can assure you, I'll have to read a lot more, he said. I began to get the feeling that Pringle didn't know as much about critical race theory as I had hoped. Were there other examples he could give me where critical race theory was being put into practice? These people, when they were doing the training programs in the government, if you didn't buy into what they taught you 100%, they sent you away to a re-education camp, Pringle said. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? My eye is twitching. Pringle was a little difficult to follow, but this sounded serious. These people, whoever they were, sounded terrifying. And if there were re-education camps operating in America, that would be big news. Someone like me should get to the bottom of it. I asked Pringle, who were these people? Pringle is a realtor, a home builder, and general contractor, and he dug through what he calls his executive suite, the cab of his pickup truck. Looking for an article he'd read, after a few moments of silence, he began to speak again, this time a bit haltingly. Here's an, it doesn't say who it was, it just says, a government that held these, these training sessions. Pringle trailed off and I told him that if he liked, he could send me a link to the article, but then then again, (laughs) but then he began to speak again. The white male executives are sent to a three-day re-education camp, where they were told that their white male culture wasn't there and he trailed off again. I was worried that we'd lost our connection. Oh, he, he must have been on the phone because like, he, he saw him rummaging through his pickup truck. So 
I assumed uh, Mr. Whitmore was there with him, but he must have been like Skyping on the phone or something. These sorts of conversations sometimes end abruptly, but Pringle was still on the line, and after a little more hemming and hawing, he retreated to a common safe space for politicians who've crawled too far out on a limb. He just wanted to start a conversation, he said. I introduced a very brief version of the bill to start the conversation, but it's very difficult in this cancel society to have a frank discussion. The dude that's wanting to cancel people is claiming the cancel society is making it hard for him to have a frank discussion about the thing he can't even fucking define. (sighs) It's very difficult in this cancel society to have a frank discussion about racism in this country and this country's history. I mean, history is being rewritten and I'm not exactly sure of the accuracy of what's there now and what they're trying to change it into. Sir, you probably got educated from a goddamn textbook written by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. This was news to me as I'd seen lots of lawmakers try to talk about race and history in the Alabama State House. But for whatever reason, they were always the black lawmakers. It was the white lawmakers who usually tried to change the subject. I wanted to ask Pringle about this, but suddenly he was no longer at a lo- but suddenly he was no longer at a loss for words and didn't want to interrupt. This is still the greatest country that's ever, ever been in the history of the world, he said. And the radical left is trying to destroy that and tear us apart and divide this country based on race and class, which is exactly what they did in communist countries. This fucking fascist. God. After bragging to me about he had... Be about how he had be fucking shit. After bragging to me about how he had BS'd his way through his college political science classes by parroting the liberal <laughs> fucking shit. I'm done with. It. I'm done. I'm not stoned enough for this. Yeah, let's move on to this. Let's move on to this, the reporter. Media Winch, you still here? You're going to love this one. We have a reporter from a Fox... It's not a Fox affiliate. I figured it was a Fox affiliate at first, but it's actually owned by Fox News Corp. It's one of the few stations in the country that's not a, a Fox affiliate. But it's actually owned by Fox News. So we're going to see this reporter. Fox 26 reporter, I outed, outed. And it, like. You guys aren't prepared for this. You aren't. Across the region, Fox 26 reporter Ivory Hecker is live in Montgomery County to take a look at that aspect. Thanks, guys. That's right. Before we get to that story, I want to let you, the viewers, know that Fox Corp has been muzzling me to keep certain information from you, the viewers. And from what I'm gathering, I am not the only reporter 
being too subjected to this, I am going to be releasing some recordings about what goes on behind the scenes at Fox because it applies to you, the viewers. I found a nonprofit journalism group called Project Veritas. It's going to help put that out tomorrow, so tune into them. But as for this heat wave across Texas, you can see what it's doing to AC units. Okay, so this woman has been recording her employers. First of all, yes, ma'am, you work for a whole organization. It's a hierarchy that you have to answer to. You are just a reporter. You are probably not that far removed from college. You have a news director. You have producers, an executive producer. An assistant news director, probably, that you're all answering to. They answer to a general manager. That's how it works. Your employer pays you a paycheck. You are not there to editorialize. You write your fucking story. They edit it. They tell you what is acceptable. That's literally your job. Right-wingers seem to not understand how capitalism works. You take a paycheck to do something for your employer. I'm interested to know what she thinks they've been saying, how they've been muzzling her. So this Monday, Fox 26 Houston reporter Ivory Hecker went off script during a live report and informed her bosses that she had been secretly recording them. Hecker was about to start her report on power outages throughout the region, but interrupted her report to say she had an announcement. 160 years of lost cause fucking propaganda. And this is what happens. It's like, we are the most propagandized people on earth, possibly. And I say that as we're getting ready to hear from a Korean defector here in a few moments. Seriously, the U.S. people, because we don't know that we're propagandized. I think the people in North Korea actually know what's going on. Like, they're aware they can't trust the government. And they're being forced to act a certain way. No, here in America, we're so fucking propagandized that we we get people to act against their best interests. A fucking a non-profit journalism group. Project Veritas is the furthest thing from a journalist group or a non-fucking profit. I do highly recommend going and watching the video of uh what's that dude's name? James O'Keefe. He does like some parody cover of Prince's Controversy. And it's, it's so fucking cringe. It's hilarious. Yes, Project Veritas, the dude that dressed up like a fucking pimp and tried to take down Acorn, which, I mean, he did. He did take down Acorn. They weren't doing anything except registering people to vote. Thanks, Obama. The fact that Hecker was planning on handing over her recordings to Project Veritas, a group that has been accused of deceptive editing, has lost court battles. They've also won a couple, which is weird. Right-wingers will always point to that. But they haven't won court battles on, like, facts or anything. It's on procedural shit. 
This had conservatives on Twitter excited, giving them hope that some kind of reckoning was in store for the Fox News Corporation. The Fox News Corporation. Fox News. Fox News made these people. Fox News made these people. And now these right-wingers think Fox isn't far enough right for them and want a reckoning without even knowing what information Hecker has. Some are already praising her as a whistleblower. Here's some of the tweets about it. We need more whistleblowers in media. Hey, dude. Hey, I worked in media for 20 years. I'll tell you all about the fucking media. Come watch my show. Share me out, please. Call me courageous. Is going out on her employers to Project Veritas. uh, Ivory deserves our full support. I assume she got fired. Like, they can't have let her, let her back on the air. Okay, so she was indeed fired. She was fired by the station after her on-air revelation Monday that she would be releasing behind-the-scenes recordings, which is probably illegal, by the way. Depending on the state. Earlier Tuesday, she was suspended, but shortly thereafter, she told the Daily Beast she'd been fired. A representative for Fox 26 Houston confirmed to the rap that what she'd said was accurate. Fox 26 adheres to the highest editorial standards of accuracy and impartiality. But hey, this is the best thing that could ever happen to her. This is actually what she wanted. She is going to be a darling of right-wing media. This is not the only time I will be playing video of Ivory Hecker going forward. You, you, she's going to be at work at the blaze here in just a few weeks. Ben Shapiro is going to be welcoming her. This is exactly what she wanted. All right. Coming to us from Fox news. Who's apparently, you know, hiding shit from conservatives, even though they're publishing this kind of capitalistic propaganda. We have a Korean defector describing her experience here in U.S. universities. That's the nature of power. And when they just dying to give their rights and power to government, that is like what scares me the most. And of course, because they are not, they are taking this for granted. They don't know. I'm going to go ahead and point out the obvious, her YouTube placard right there. She's a YouTuber. She's clearly making a lot of money. There is a lot of money in capitalist propaganda. I guarantee you 
a North Korean coming out and say, well, I'm against socialism, communism, I love capitalism. And doing YouTube videos is highly appealing to right-wingers. But let's hear what she has to say. Oh, how hard it is to be free. Like, literally, I crossed the middle of Gobi Desert to be free. But the thing is, what I did was nothing. So many people fought harder than me, and they didn't make it. I was born in North Korea in the end of 1993 and escaped when I was 13 years old. And then went to China, then Mongolia, then South Korea. And I came to America, so it was a long journey to be free. When I was going to school in North Korea, like they were even in the math problems, they would say, you know, there are four American ambassadors. You kill two of them. Then how many American ambassadors left to care? Then as like seven years old, you say two. Like American ambassador was one word for North Koreans. We were not allowed to call Americans as like Americans. So I went to Columbia University in have you read a history book and what we did to the North Koreans? Just just wondering. In 2016, I transferred from South Korean University. Uh, I still remember at the, at the orientation, uh, I loved books. When I was in North Korea, history was forgotten. They don't tell us Big Bang or even the Jesus Christ or whatever the theory says how we came about. As a humanity is not taught. So when I was at she, she said Jesus Christ. She's she's a Christian, isn't she? Like this, this. Oh my God! You know, I was excited about like learning about history and you know how the people thought back then. And one of the person at the organization was asking who is like loves Jane Austen and and who reads this classical books. And I was like. I love those books. I just like thought it was a good thing, right? And then she was like, "Did you know that those writers who had a colonial mindset were racist and bigots wrote their books? So they are uh, subconsciously brainwashing you." And that's like when I realized, "Wow, this is insane!" I'm like, I literally thought, I thought America was that different. And her her definition of what was insane to her was. Couching the Jane Austen books and the colonial mindset, which seems perfectly reasonable. I don't know about the whole bigots and racist thing. I kind of doubt a professor said that. But I can totally see them couching it in the colonialism, which needs to be done. You you understand things in the context, and they don't happen in a vacuum. You have to have... The historical context of what's going on around. The Bible is a completely different story when you understand the Roman Empire and the upheaval that was going on with the Jewish people at the time. And I just saw so much similarity that I saw in North Korea. And I was started worrying about this country. Mainstream education is purposefully designed to now make resent this Western democracy. It's a uh, Right, like the things that I was learning at schools are appalling, right? They tried to explain things from everything was all about white men and how they tried to overpower and, you know, like how white men destroyed the humanity, right? They, Mao killed the most people than on this human history. He killed like 15 millions of Chinese during the communist revolution. And I mean, Hitler was like, killed like 60 million people. Oh, but the kids don't understand it and they still 
playing this fire with the ideology, with the code like communism or socialism. Like Colombia is all about safe place. Context, context, all that needs context. And before every class, it is the same. We always we always hear Mao with the 15 million people, but like how many people have died? Like the British East India Company, the fucking slavery here in America, all our fucking banana republics. Those are all can be attributed to capitalism, but you never hear a number put on capitalism. How many people capitalism killed? And then like, tell us your pronoun. <laughs> and like English is my third language. I learned it as an like adult. I can I sometimes really like say he or she by mistake. Not because I don't respect them, but now they suddenly ask me to call them they. And like, how the heck do I incorporate in my sentences? I just, I literally thought, Oh my God, how in the world do I learn to call somebody they instead of a he or a she? Wow. Wow. And she's compared, like, saying that what she went through in North Korea was like couching Jane Austen in the colonial mindset and that she got corrected because she, she called somebody a, a he or a she instead of they. Their preferred pronoun. That's what she's saying. It's like, that's what she's comparing to North Korea. But hey, good for her. Good. For, I'm glad she got away from North Korea. I'm glad she's learned the art of propaganda so fucking well. She said she fled uh, when she was 13, lived in China, came to the U.S. as an adult, I believe. This is Yanmi Park. One of several hundred North Korean defectors settled in the United States. Park is 27 years old and transferred to Columbia University from from South Korean University in 2016. So she's only been here during like the Trump years. And I'm assuming, by the way, is I edit a podcast that is capitalist, capitalist propaganda. And it's people that fled communism and every single one of them were rich people. Oh, her, she's a YouTuber. She had a fucking YouTube black in the background. So she has made a lot of money Feeding right-wingers is bullshit. So yeah, yeah, Jane Austen, that was that was her supporting evidence. <sighs> Alright, we're gonna we're gonna plow through a couple more of these. This one's gonna be hard. Oh god. So I mentioned the Roger Waters thing last night about him turning down a deal with Young Facebook. Young Turks have gotten so bad. After I got off the show, now I've, I've mentioned on my show that I do not watch other people's shit before I do my show. I will get off here tonight. I will make dinner. I'll put on like Majority Report. I'll watch the clips of the Young Turks. Young Turk. I'll watch the clips of the Young Turks, shit like that. But when I got off here last night, I watched the clip of the Young Turks Talking about Roger Waters, the attacks on Anna Gasparian by Jimmy Dore. Holy fuck. 
I mainly want to take this opportunity to bitch about Pink Floyd. We're gonna we're gonna relate it back to the politics. As I, I say, as I'm wearing my Pink Floyd shirt, I must couch this that I wore this Pink Floyd shirt to the concert where I saw Roger Waters perform, where I paid more than I paid for any other fucking ticket to see Roger Waters. Her home decor was very very uh, bougie. What is up, Adam? You came just in time for me to bitch about Pink Floyd. That uh, legendary Pink Floyd band member, Roger Waters, has had enough. So he saw... No, 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 no. I will say that I saw a video that said uh, uh, Pink Floyd destroys the Young Turks. And my comment on that video was the only thing that Pink Floyd has ever destroyed was Sid Barrett's mental health. Well, let me, I guess I'll show you this and then I'll show you. Here's what the young Turk said about Aramate, who's on the ground in uh, Syria. Here's, here's the, here's the kind of, uh, I'm not high enough for Jimmy Dore. Now I'm, uh, let me, let me also bring up the point that in terms of presentation and style, if there is one other person that is comparative to me, it's Jimmy fucking Dore. I'll be the first to say it. We occupy the same lane in terms of comedy and 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 political commentary. That's where it ends. That's where the similarities between me and Jimmy Dore end. I actually patterned my career after Bill Maher, a man that I cannot stand. Dude, I idolized fucking 20 years ago. Can't stand today. But I, I do understand the similarities between myself and Dor. Has debunked the Syrian narrative uh, about the gas attacks. We were, I, this show is also right there, shoulder to shoulder, with him on this, and um, he's testified in front of the UN, and he's debunked this thoroughly. There's been two OPCW whistleblowers who showed you that those chemical attacks were bogus. So here's what. Uh, the Young Turk said about Aaron Mate. Remember, he's the Izzy Award winning. He won the Izzy Award, the I.F. Stone Izzy Award for independent journalism for his meticulous debunking of Russiagate. And so he, I don't know what that is. I don't know who that I is. Don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, they said, uh, I don't know what Russiagate is. Oh, Aaron Mate lied. Oh, everyone cares what Aaron Mate has to say, right? The guy who denies that Syrian children were killed with chemical attacks. Yeah, yeah. And gets paid by the Yeah, fuck you. Anyway, let's move on. Let's end the freaking pot. I can't. I can't. Okay, see, that's what happened. I can't stand that guy. And I can't stand... The very intentional disinformation they put out there in regard to disgusting dictators around the world. The very people they seem to be working for, to be quite honest with you. Let's move on. All right, we're done. Disgusting. Uh, Absolutely disgusting. uh, If Aramate is... Now, I I was under the impression that Syria did employ chemical weapons at the behest of the Russians. I do not... This has been years ago. This takes me back to my college days. Apparently, that's been debunked, possibly. I'm not sure on that one. I need a fact check. Uh, feels really warm in his uh, Russian blanket. He's like, oh, but the Russian government favors me. He should be super proud of that. Way to go, Aaron. You did it. Um, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And fuck Aaron Monte. The, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, let's move on. Let's end the freaking pod. I so I'm here with the world famous comedian. Oh shit! I didn't know she like dropping f bombs and flipping people off. They cleaned up a few. This this must have been before they uh, after the ad apocalypse on YouTube. They cleaned up. I'm pretty sure. Like they don't cuss on you on Young Turks anymore. But I assume that's one of those things. Like what three years ago, four years ago, when YouTube did the crackdown. Like none of none of my fucking clips are ever monetized. By the way. Hello, Jimmy, and to everyone, you know what? Fuck you. That's right. This is well, Fuck you, pal. Who was on here before me? Aaron Matei, Mr. Oh, I should go to a place to investigate it. That's journalism. Ooh, whoop-de-woo. Hey, I'm This has nothing to do with Roger Waters. What the fuck is going on here? That's what I came to bitch about. How's your Kremlin blanket? Huh? How is it? Jimmy and the podcast. So Roger Waters, Roger Waters, legendary member of the legendary Pink Floyd's legends. Uh, he saw that. That legend three times. About it, and here's what he said. Oh, yeah. fucking stupid fat prick. And as just as long as they're throwing the F word around. I mean, and that woman, I haven't the faintest idea who she is, but she obviously can't read or write. All you have to do is a little bit of research to understand that all the research that has gone into the OPCW uh, debacle and the huge story that is the OPCW, sorry, um, and the huge story that lies behind that that has been completely ignored by the mainstream media because it's inconvenient. And when when you actually look at the work that, that Aaron Marte, for a start, but Grey Zone in general do, in trying to bring us, we the people, the truth about... I have no fucking clue. No idea the claims that they're making. But I do know that Grey Zone is very questionable. What's actually going on in all? To listen to that garbage and disgusting and foul-mouthed i have to say that young lady well now one of the things when i saw the other part of the clip they cut out roger waters saying like fucking shit like it'd be like he just called somebody foul mouth after he said fucking fuck because one of the things i was gonna do was pull up the roger waters song where like every other fucking word is fuck talking about foul mouth I saw it live, motherfucker. Who you calling foul-mouthed? Oh, I, I hesitate to call her a young lady because she's not. She's clearly not in the prime of youth. But that's neither here. Roger, you're fucking 80 years old, dude. 70-something. Who the fuck are you not calling not in their prime of the... What? Clearly, Roger Waters lives in a fucking delusional world. What what else can you say about a man who gleefully made a fortune off of the demise of his bandmate? One of the things that I look back at Pink Floyd on and am just completely disgusted by is the amount of songs that are about the mental health of Sid Barrett. The entire goddamn album is about Sid Barrett going crazy because they drove him crazy. 
It's extremely exploitative. And, and let me tell you, Roger Waters not only being the most expensive concert I've ever attended, the t-shirts were like 80 fucking dollars. You notice I'm wearing this Pink Floyd shirt. This is what I wore to the concert. I did not buy one of his tour shirts because they were fucking $80. I understand when I go to a show, I'm going to pay $35, $40, $45 for a t-shirt. Totally get it. $80 goddamn dollars. I'm not exaggerating. This rich-ass motherfucker sitting in his, his studio, fucking baby boomer, Thank you, Roger, for providing me for so many hours of entertainment. I love Pink Floyd. And to to be completely honest with you, I've always been on your side. I've said it's your band. It was when Roger Waters took over songwriting duties that I actually enjoyed Pink Floyd music. Because let me tell you, that first album sucks ass. The, the Pipers at the Gates of Dawn or whatever the fuck that album is sucks. I always thought it was Roger Waters that actually made the band good. But I've lost a lot of respect for the man. From now on, I'm declaring that I am team David Gilmore. Fuck you, Roger Waters. Fuck you, pal. Oh. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Batman, Catwoman, and Cunnilingus. In the Harley Quinn animated series, DC has cut a Batman oral sex scene and said that heroes don't do that. When I told my buddy about it, he said Batman's a giver. Not so fun fact about Batman, he doesn't go down, or so we've learned after DC Comics dropped the hammer on an oral sex scene in the Harley Quinn animated series, which I've heard is incredibly good. Producers of the HBO Max adult animated series really tried to push the envelope, but co-creator Justin Halperin says he was told by DC he absolutely cannot do that because heroes don't do that and B, how are they supposed to sell Batman toys if the hero's performing oral sex? I'm not mistaken, they sold fucking Batman toys that had the fucking bat nipples. Alburn told Variety that they got a lot more creative freedom when it comes to writing and developing villains They can do pretty much anything, but there are all kinds of rules for the superheroes. He says the cunnilingus confrontation went down during production of the upcoming third season of Harley. By the way, you gotta love their retort to the DC suits, according to Justin. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? You might notice DJ Khaled is now trending. I thought he did like a shitty performance. With many fans joking that he's actually the caped cruciate. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Colleague said he uh, he doesn't go down on his woman. That's right. Yes, George Clooney had bat nipples. If you're, if you're wondering why, look it up. There's only so much we can say here, according to TMZ. 
The third season of Harley Quinn uh, streams later this year. As I said, my buddy says it's incredibly good. I've been meaning to check it out. He's really into it. Now, the whole controversy about Batman not being able to go down on Catwoman is probably going to help its ratings, to be honest with you. Deck sells, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's bring this on home with a couple of animal stories, this time of the reptilian nature. I I think superheroes would enjoy I enjoy oral. Like it's not it's not even about being a selfish lover. Like I enjoy going down. I want to eat you out. Yes, you. Specifically you right now that's listening to this. I want to eat you out. Killing and torture. Oh, Batman doesn't kill anybody. Torture, torture, yes. Batman doesn't kill anybody. The terror of Gotham. <laughs> now this this is the terror of fucking Florida, apparently, because alligators are just going up to people's fucking homes, looking in the windows, knocking on the doors. This happened in Parrish, Florida. Hold on, hold on. My thingy's blocking it. Now you can see the now you can see the gator. Yeah, okay, you're right. Other characters do. The Joker does some really sadistic things. And inside this depends on which iteration of Batman. Batman does kill people. This is a fucking killer croc just walking up to the window, looking in. What did he think he was going to find? He looks a little skinny, to be honest with you. Get that motherfucker some food. Now, something that is not skinny is this giant-ass fucking sea turtle. That beachgoers helped back into the water. I don't know where this happened at. Indonesia. Have I understand? I understand. Like I've read stories of alligators coming up through people's fucking toilets. Fuck that shit. I totally scare the crap out of me. I'm not scared of many things, but. Of the things I'm scared of, many of them are reptiles. Just saying. Anyway, back to our spotted tortoise. Is he a tortoise? Sea turtle. He's trying his ass off. I love to finish up with wholesome content, and it does not get much wholesome, much more wholesome than this. 
Humanized mice, just the sound of it scares me. I understand. It sounds like some kind of human mice hybrid. That could be cool, though. Maybe they could teach you some uh, ninjutsu. You can call him master. By the way, I still think we need a really good Ninja Turtles game. Like, a you know, one that's like the Spider-Man Arkham kind of games. With excellent combat, geared more towards an older audience. How That's money on the table. I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. Give me a fucking Ninja Turtles game. Oh, this is so sweet. He's so close. He's so close. Just a couple more big jumps. Come on, you got it, dude. I'm glad you agree with that. Like, they are leaving money on the table. What the fuck is wrong with them? Who owns the rights to the Turtles? They're in DC games. Be an excellent PlayStation 5 exclusive. Oh, that's so awesome to see Turtles swimming away. Oh, it was stuck for two nights. Apparently, it was laying its eggs on the beach, and that's why it was a beached sea turtle. All right, that is going to do it for me tonight. If you are on Twitch, I'm sending you over to Feminist Critique. It's been a while since I've raided my ladies. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freak, and we will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol, live.